Welcome to the Two Inspire Show. I'm your host, Dennis Postema, and today is a very special day because I have Claude Racine Valinsky in the house. Hi. How are you doing, Claude? I'm good. How are you, Dennis? I'm doing awesome. So you've got, you got an impressive bio. Um, Thank you. Amongst other things. Why don't we go ahead and tell our viewers a little bit about what you're doing right now and how it pertains to the health and fitness industry and how you're helping others in general. Awesome. Well, I am a wellness ex mindset expert and um, I help women find themselves again. I help women put themselves first. I help women lose weight. I help women gain their fucking mojo back. That's what I do. Um, and yeah. And I also do direct sales with skincare and makeup. So everything very much like women's self-care and uh, wellness. I love it. So really everything you do is mm -hmm. pertaining to helping women be more confident in one way or another. Yes. You know? So yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, what, what drove you to actually get into this from, from where in your life did you decide to get into this? So for 18 years, I did professional dancing out of Los okay. Angeles, backup dancing. And um, when COVID hit, and also my son was nine weeks old when COVID hit, um, the entire industry shut down. So I also had really uh, debilitating postpartum uh, depression and anxiety. I was suicidal for over six months after having my son. And during that time, it was like, I was just searching for something to do. Okay. Literally every day. Like, what can I do from home? I need something to do. I'm going to lose my mind. And this opportunity of network marketing just found me through a post that my friend made on Facebook. And I thought, huh, skincare and makeup. Cool. I can do some makeup and I probably should wash my face because I fucking have it in like a year. Uh, anyone, any mom out there understands what I mean by that. And so I just jumped right in. And it took on a life of its own. And then I was helping other women with skincare and, and doing makeup. And we connected on Instagram live every day. And it just helped me out of my shit. It was amazing. How did, how did you know, at what point did you know that you, um, like were going, like having postpartum, like, do you, were there, are there signs or were you diagnosed or how did that work? Um, I'm a man, so I don't, I don't know. So I, I want, know. I want detail. I want to help our viewers with this because it's, it's not talked about enough. So, so when you have a baby, your body releases a lot of like hormones. Um, and gosh, I, I need to be better at knowing the, the remembering the hormones, but in the beginning, it's like, it puts you in this euphoric state kind of like, I just remember feeling really joyous and like seeing my husband hold the baby. And I was like, Oh my God, we have a baby three days after I had Nova. It hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I all of a sudden had this debilitating anxiety. Um, my heart rate would speed up for no reason. And I was worried and worried about what? Not sure. Um, my mom on that third day, she was like, go eat with Noah. You need to get out of the house. So she watched Nova because, you know, your baby eats every two hours. So you're a farm animal for as long as you're breastfeeding for because your baby needs your breast. Like it's hard to go anywhere. Yeah. So we went to eat and I remember sitting down and just crying and being like, I think I just ruined my life. I think that like, I don't want to be doing this. Like I literally, can we please go back to like 
four days ago when I could cuddle you when I wanted to, when I could go anywhere whenever I want to, when I wasn't worried about this little tiny thing all the time. And it had just been three days, but I was like, oh shit, I just made a huge mistake. And it's not like I can go, you can't fix it, Dennis. Yeah. When you make a mistake in life, you're like, okay, I'm going to apologize. Like, I'll fix it. You can't fix this. (laughs) And I just remember like after that day on, I spent every hour of my waking life either worried about the future, like severe anxiety of like, what is life going to be like? And I hate it. I hate it. Or I was sad and mourning my old life. That was it. Yeah. Wow. So how did you... How did you get out of that? Like, what was your, what was your steps to getting out for, for everybody watching? What are your steps for getting out of that that worked for you? And what would you suggest to people? I would suggest being very clear to your partner and to people around you, like how you're feeling. I think there's, nobody talks about it because you feel shame as a mom. Like, why don't I feel joyous? Everyone on TV and Instagram is just so, I'm so in love Fuck that. Not everyone feels like that and it's okay. And you need to say it out loud and not just like, I think be very like assertive in saying it. Um, and then Keep doing the things that you know are good for you. Keep going on walks. Keep working out after you get cleared to work out. Um, Keep eating good foods because all of those things will eventually catch up and you will start to feel better. It's if you give up on everything, if you give into that depression, it will take over you. You have to keep moving forward and also ask for support from the people around you. Wow. That's... And I also like to address the people who are supporting women going through postpartum. Like it's not about you. Unfortunately, this new mom who is going through that, like she can't do anything about it. There is hormonal imbalances, like that woman you're dealing with is not really who she is. She needs your help. So she can't even manage her own emotions. Please don't ask her to manage yours. Wow. Yeah. That's that's powerful. I love that. That's really good. That's so (laughs) what are, so how did, how did you, when you started working out, you started eating, right? Yeah. And, and did you just have the daily discipline to start getting back into it or? No. And I didn't, I didn't eat right. And that's why I'm telling women now to eat right. Cause I didn't. And that's what I think really brought on my Hashimoto's diagnosis was because I did give in to the comfort and I gave into the depression and I ate like shit. I drank wine after I stopped breastfeeding, I would have wine every day. I would have beer on the weekend, eat pizza, Sonic. Like I didn't care. Right. And that's what you want to do when you don't care. You're like, whatever. Yeah. But I urge women to not do that, to, to stick to what you know is good for you. Um, my husband played a really big role in me sh- showing up for myself. Like he wouldn't ask me, do you want to go on a walk? He would say, we're going on a walk. And as the husband, 
I know sometimes it can be intimidating because women like, especially we rage, like there's a raging factor in, in postpartum. And as the man, you have to just go right through that. Don't listen to what the fuck she's saying and just be like, I'm taking the baby for a second. Go take a shower. We're going on a walk. We're going to go eat. I'm going to make healthy food. Like we can't think straight. Right. We need you. So like my husband definitely, and it, it took a while and I had to look at him and be like, you can't, please don't fight with me because I literally picture myself blowing my brains out like 90% of the day. And you're asking me to like, be happy and normal and not cause you any problems. Like right now I just can't. So it is definitely a team effort of you have to know, like, just keep doing what you know is good for you and really let your husband, let people help you. I love that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, how does that, well, just kind of touch on, um, not even like, close to going through that like when I got out of surgery um my daughter was colicky and like I could tell like she didn't want to go to like she would only want to be with her mom like she wouldn't even like my mother-in-law or me she wouldn't even want to go like and so like I could see the stress that comes with that um you know because like she wouldn't even my daughter wouldn't even let me hold her for a little while because I was gone I was out in for a month and so, uh, what do you mean she wouldn't let you hold her? Right, she would cry and go crazy, and like, like because she was colicking, and so she only wanted her mom, and it was like so frustrating because I'm trying to help, you know, and like her mom's trying to help, and it was just, um, thank God we got through that. But I mean, uh, you know, with um, it's it's just a, it's just that people don't realize how much stress that is i i always tell people i work really hard it's nothing like it is to be a mom it is nothing really like or a dad like my husband there was no negotiating with like with nova even like Mm -hmm. too bad if you're gonna cry while i hold you mom needs a moment yeah and I think there's a lot of moms who are like, oh, he'll only respond to me. Yeah. You're creating that. Yeah. The baby is feeling energies, right? And so it's important to like get past that as the helpers and be like, hey, the baby might cry for now, but I don't care. The yeah. mom needs a moment. Yeah. And the mom also has to be willing to accept help. It's really like a two-way street. Yep. I remember that I like, I finally figured out the cappuccino sign in our kitchen. Like if I held just right for like an hour, my daughter would fall asleep. <laughs> by oh staring my at it during that time. What? And yeah, she, there, we have a little sign in the kitchen that says coffee and cappuccino. I finally got her to fall asleep. And so that would work. <laughs> and, and that was, uh, that was one of my tricks. So I would, oh, I would, I love so, that. Yeah. So it, it worked, but <laughs> Yeah, I, I get I get where when when mom needs a break, that's uh you got to find a way. <laughs> yeah, like Noah would wake up at 530 a.m. with Nova and go, take him on a two mile walk every morning so I could sleep. I didn't sleep. I couldn't sleep because my anxiety was so awful. But he at least gave me that time 
to myself. Yeah. I and he, he, he did all kinds of things like that for me. That's awesome because I can appreciate the stroller walk. I, uh, oh my God, that was that one of the only, <laughs> I really appreciate the stroller walk. Woo! I got good at that. That's a <laughs> stroller that's a, walk. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank God for a stroller. Cause I mean, not that us guys know what we're doing that often, but the stroller helps. <laughs> but you, I mean, I always said, even when I was pregnant, my, I was like, you're going to be the best mom, my husband. And then I was like, and I'm going to be the best dad. He has more of a feminine energy, like very nurturing. He cares about people deeply and he wants to help. And I wasn't always like that growing up. Right. And I never wanted kids. I did when I met Noah. So we tried for Nova for a year before he was conceived. So like, I very much wanted him at that time, but I still knew like Noah was going to be like better in that area. And he was, but when you become a mom, there's, there's just a responsibility level that like the dad will never have. You just, we're Mm -hmm. just more in tune with what the baby needs. Yeah. I, I see it every day. I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you 100%. I want to, I want to go ahead. No, please go. I was going to say one thing I'm on my way back from dropping off one of my vehicles that need to get work on. Right. And my younger brother has two kids and my wife is set to have Vivian like in four days. Right. And so I said, like, I said, so what's, you know, Hey, like, what's it like to be a dad? He goes, well, you know, he goes, I wanted to talk to you about this. He goes, it's bad enough trying to keep yourself alive, but now you got this kid and you got to keep it alive. I'm like, damn it, Tom, you think you couldn't tell me that a few days, a few days before? He goes, well, there's no turning back now. I, th- I said, that's no. awesome. I said, thanks a lot. But <laughs> nobody could brother. prepare you. Like, <laughs> yeah, you could have said that two years ago and you would have still had your baby because that's exactly right. You just, it is, a big it is blessing, so yeah. beautiful, but I will tell you like, it can fuck your shit up. It fucked my shit up on another level, but I would never be who I am today. Like Nova made me the woman I am today, which is a hundred times more epic than the woman I was before he was born. It's just that time of suffering. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Tell, tell me about that. Tell me about you know, self-care, motherhood and, and getting back and putting yourself first and how that made you like to this next level person that you couldn't ever imagine. So when I made the decision to do the network marketing thing, I just looked at Noah and I said, okay, I'm going to need two hours in the morning to do work. And that's how it started was me asking for these two hours in the morning for him to watch Nova. Cause he was also a, he's a dancer. So he also was not working at the time. Um, And he was like, okay. And I started putting myself first like that. I started getting up, washing my face and enjoying and, and showing my skin some love, which was showing me a little bit of love. And little by little, I started to feel like more alive. Now, two hours turned into, I wanted to now do it for four hours in the morning because it was so fun. And fulfilling for me. So I asked for four hours and he was like, okay. And then four hours turned into like Noah now sleeps until 3 PM. So I work basically 8 AM to 3 PM. And 
just little by little, I continued to put myself first. Um, after being diagnosed with Hashimoto's, I was just on a mission to find an answer and a cure to this. And regular doctors were like, no, you can't do anything about it. It's genetic. But I kept putting myself first, knowing there was an answer. And then I attracted Rachel into my life, invested in her. I, I knew I had to make enough money to pay for her. And so I kept putting myself first. And within doing that, it's like, I just realized how capable I was at creating change, at how disciplined I was, at how much I, I, I would not accept no for an answer. And then how much I actually stuck to the plans that were given me in order to get better. I was like, man, I literally said no to alcohol for five months straight. I didn't budge on one single morsel of food. I'm a fucking gangster. Like you can't do shit to me. I love it. Yeah. I, I love something you said right there is, um, I didn't mean to interrupt, but something you said right there about taking the programs you were given and listening. I had, and doing them and sticking to them. I had a mentor when I was 20 years old. He showed me like one of his accounts and like was teaching me about success. And he goes, you know, look at this. And I looked at it and I was like, holy, wow. You know, hey, he goes, is this something that, you know, you would like to get to where one of your accounts look like this? I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. And he's just like, just all you have to do is shut up and listen. That's and it. honest to God, like one some of the best advice I've ever had, because I was 20, had no clue what I was doing. And I was naive enough or ignorant enough just to shut up and listen. And it was, I would not be here right now where I'm at this 20 year overnight success of if, if he would not have told me that. And I want to suck to it because so many people now think they know better, right? They all, oh yeah, but really you should do it my way with like this. No, just listen to the program, do the program, do the steps. And then boom, here you are. Yeah. So I, I love that you mentioned that and, and, and stuck with it. Yeah. If, if you find the, the coach, right? Like you're attracted to that coach for a reason. Like yeah. I saw Rachel and her cute little bum. And I was like, I need to, I'm going to look like that. Okay. So whatever she's got to do, she knows what she's doing. So whatever she says, I am going to listen to, I'm not, obviously I don't know what I'm doing. So why would I question it or keep doing what I'm doing? It's not fucking working. Yeah. So yeah. like Rachel, I mean, she taught me macros, um, weightlifting really, and, uh, you know, how to heal my gut and whatever she said, I did to a T every single day. I took like eight disgusting piss tasting supplements because I knew that they were going to heal me. And they did. So I just shut the fuck up and I did what she said. That's awesome. That's, yeah. That's, that's really good. What, what does, so tell me about what does, what does your daily regimen look like for you to keep, keep in shape for you to get your nutrition, right? What, what does the average day look like for you and, and how much does it vary? It doesn't vary very much. Um, I, every day I wake up at 5am on Sundays, sometimes I'll wake up at six. Um, I find that getting that extra hour, sometimes, um, my body just needs it, but 
I don't recommend that for everyone. I just really listen to you. So 5 a.m. Uh, I always do my gratitude journal. I read 10 pages of a self-development book, currently reading Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter by Curtis Jackson. And, um, and then I do like a little reflect moment and just ask for like a message to download. And it does. And then I make a post on Instagram every single morning, a motivational post. And then I email that to all of my clients. I have like 3000 people on my email list currently. So, you know, I send that out. And then I go, I eat breakfast, I go to the gym and then I work and work depends. I am either doing things like this or I'm creating content. I am having coaching calls or I'm having lead calls. And then my son goes to bed at one and he sleeps usually till three. And from three on until about seven 30, I'm with him. So I spend the afternoons with him and my husband. I cook dinner. Sometimes my husband cooks, um, And then he goes to bed and that's when I do like my list for the next day. Like, what am I, what are my big, like get shit done things I got to do tomorrow. I love that. And I drink tea every night to wind down. I love tea now. That's awesome. That's, that's a good regimen. And and just so you know, it was a trick question to ask if it varied because I knew that it didn't. (laughs) So (laughs) so I, I, I knew, I knew. You don't get to where you are without with having a ton of variation of no. your discipline must do's. So I love that I love that you do you have a wind down time. Um that's that's awesome. And you plan your day. That's one of the things I, I always stress to people so much is to sit down and figure it out the night before, let your subconscious work and yeah. figure out how you're gonna do it all. Um I, I love the discipline. So how how did you how do you, how do you stay confident? Is it, is it your regimen that helps you stay confident now? Or what do you do that helps you have such an awesome attitude towards life? Well, it's a combination of a few things. It's overcoming the things I've overcome, like coming out of postpartum, uh, healing my Hashimoto's like that. When you do something like that, you really feel like a pretty badass for having conquered those things. And And then instilling the discipline that I've instilled and sticking to my word. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing like saying you're going to do something and following through consistently, not just for a week or two or even a few months, but like a year. And like, I feel stupid saying that because we both know Wes has been doing his for like 15. So I'm like, a year is pretty baby like, but you feel like a new person that, that nothing controls you. Nothing has control over me, not a glass of wine, not snoozing and extra sleep, like nothing. I control my life. I am cause over my life. I love that. And I love that. Um, talking about like on a, on a daily basis, I always, um, I, I have a book called the positive edge and it's about stacking those wins each and every day and how it compounds. And it's like a teeter totter, right? So that once you, once you get to that positive point in your life, like there's no going back, as long as you keep stacking that up and, and yeah. And the promises to yourself, everybody tries some crazy, like theory on confidence and whatnot. It's just those little things you say to yourself and then you follow through. And then all of a sudden the next thing you say, and you follow through, I tell people all the time, if you say you're going to do something, and you don't do it, you're not only lying to that person, but you're lying to yourself. So your confidence is going to 
chuck down that much more. Yeah. And then you say you're going to do this and then you don't. And there's, and they, you don't even notify them, let alone have a valid excuse because it's just an excuse. And then it goes down a little bit more. And then all of a sudden you don't understand why you're in this depressed mode of like failure yeah. is because you broke every single promise, not only to yourself, but then it compounded the negative way and you started doing it to others. So, so um, true. So true. I love that you, it's, it's so simple, but the, e the things that are easy are to do are also the things that are easy not to do, right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't think people, uh, most people realize the effect that those little things have on the long-term view of your life. Like what you're doing now is going to show its head in a few weeks. Mm -hmm. It's not just today. Oh, you know, I'm skipping my workout today. I'm going to eat like shit today. That's not, you're not just going to pay for it today. And you're not just going to pay for it in the physical sense. It's going to affect your whole life. Yeah. And the, and the problem with those negative things is they don't show up that day. So it's just like, right. the, like I said, with the positive things, the negative thing, if you eat, if you eat a horrible meal today, it doesn't show up today. So you're like, well, shit. Okay. I guess I can eat a horrible day tomorrow or a horrible meal tomorrow. Yeah. And then now it's two days and it's still, it still hasn't shown up. Right. Other than you, you'll feel why you're sluggish and everything else. But, right. but physically you look at yourself and you're like, Oh, it didn't even, what it is is then by the time you realize it, that's going to take that much time to get back into exactly where you wanted to be, or you probably were, had you not done those little things. Yeah. How, how does that make you feel as far as like where you are right now versus where you were a year, year and a half ago? Like, what is the change as far as how do you feel mentally knowing that you did all that? I just feel unstoppable. Like I feel nothing, nothing could take me down. Like it could, but nothing's going to ever keep me down. Mm -hmm. Like life is always going to hit you. But now I just know that no matter what happens, I know I can get myself out of it. I know I have the tools. I know what to do exactly to just get the fuck through it. That's it. Where like my whole life was fairly easy, yeah. right? I, I did choose the path of, of most resistance following my dream career. It was not, that part was not easy, but I didn't suffer a lot of um, pain and suffering and things like that until I was 38 and I had my son and like that shit took me all the way out. And yeah. I really think that to really know who the fuck you are, something has to almost destroy you and you have to come out of it and go, wow, I literally could have chosen to blow my head off mm -hmm. or just end it. And I didn't for a whole year, I woke up in like not wanting to live and I kept going. So what is anybody going to say to you now? Like nothing, yeah. you know? That's, that is so powerful. And it's so true too. I love that you state that you went all those years and it was, you know, good. I always tell people you're going to face adversity. Something really, really shitty is going to happen. Like, like my first 20 years of my life, like I had a good childhood, everything, you know, I always, and then my brother passed away when I was 20 in a car accident. And I tell everybody, you know, it's gone when it hits, it's going to hit hard. And so, you know, then two years later, our, my parents' barn burned down and eight of our horses burned down in the, in the barn fire. So, you know, like, 
you just go from like all of this good. But you know, the truth is, is that everybody eventually will have a story like that. Yeah. So it's what you do and the powerful things you do with that, that make you the person that you are and look at where you are now. I mean, and, and I, what you're doing. That's why I always talk about it now as like, that was my biggest blessing in the moment. Yeah. It felt like death, but that was my biggest blessing. Like I look at my son and I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Like the, the character that comes out of something like that. And the person that breaks through that shell. Unreal. Yeah. It's, if we are all meant to do great things here on earth, all of us, and what pushes us to our greatest self is that is pain. And it sucks that it's like that, but there is no other way. That's I agree. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Thank you so much. So tell me, how does everybody get a hold of your clothes? Uh, please follow me on Instagram at glow up with Claude. You can message me there. Um, I have a link there for everyone as well. And yeah, that's, that's the way. She's got a lot of crusher programs, a lot of good programs. You have to check her out. Um, she will definitely help you out in that area. Um, she's the real deal. She's going to be in an upcoming book that we're going to be having out and publishing with motivation, success, publishing, uh, amongst other things that are soon to come. So stay tuned. Claude, thank you so much uh, for your friendship and for being on the show and being a part of the magazine. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, Dennis. You're awesome. Uh, thank you. And we look forward to the next time. Yay. Me too. See you later. Bye.